Montez Sweat headed to the Chicago Bears, and Chase Young is off to join the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to talk about it all and what it means for the future right now on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into today's episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting your podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders Insider. Join the Locked On Commanders Insiders where you get news, inside scoops, exclusive content delivered directly to your phone and one-on-one conversations with me via text message i have been texting commanders fans all day long as news continues to break and develop join the locked on commanders insiders now and be in the know all the time just go to join subtext.com slash locked on commanders to sign up real quick insider fran you are not getting my broadcast for some reason in group or in individual i have put in a ticket with the subtext uh, support people so we are working on getting that fixed i apologize to you but i promise uh, that it will get fixed. I'm David Harrison, your host for the show on Twitter, dharrison82, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers and everydayers. You know, I always appreciate you for coming through the program. If you're new, I also appreciate you for coming through. If you like it, hit subscribe, come back for even more. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets when you win any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the future of the Washington Commanders, at least how I see it as it stands today. Of course, everything is very fluid and we'll continue to update it as we go along but the nfl trade deadline has come and gone we're about five minutes past the deadline and the day started with the trading of montez sweat to the chicago bears we started the day thinking it might be the falcons it was the bears i jumped on with lauren cox of locked on bears and we discussed this trade by the way this conversation you're about to see was recorded prior to the chase young trade so we will obviously talk about that as well talk about this big montez sweat trade David, I guess start start from here. Can you give us a perspective from the commander's side? Like, why did yeah. they trade away a good young pass rusher like Montez Sweat? What's what's in it for you guys besides obviously a high second round pick? Yeah, you know, I think when you're when you're looking at the future, right? You have to NFL teams have to manage a lot of things. First, you got to manage talent, you got to manage personality, you got to manage capital, and capital is really, I think, where this comes down to because you're talking money and you're talking draft picks. Draft picks, obviously typically relate to your future money relates to your now. So moving forward, you don't have a limited amount of money. Cause I mean, the commanders are, are estimated to have over $80 million in cap space next off season, but are you really going to pay everybody? The bottom line is no. So if you already know you're not going to pay everybody, the, the next task is figuring out who is least likely to get paid by you. And now the question is, do we wait for a 2025 compensatory pick or do we want that 2024 right now pick and the Washington Commanders obviously opting to go with the 2024 right now pick because that gives you the opportunity to build faster. Plus, you're not getting second round compensatory picks for anybody. So getting a second round pick is much better than any compensatory pick you would have gotten. Plus, it's a year earlier. Yeah, and I suppose coming from a Chicago Bears second round pick compared to some other team second round pick, you're looking at 
what's likely going to be one of the first five picks in that second round, if not one of the first two or three picks in that second round, which is pretty close to a first round pick you're getting in exchange for a guy you drafted in the first round, got five good years out of, and then got essentially pretty darn close to the same competition. But he was the 26 overall pick. So if this is the 36 pick, for example, even, you know, four or five picks into the draft, then that's basically trading down 10 slots and having gotten five years of Montez Sweat seems like a pretty good return on investment for for Washington. Uh, for Chicago, can you give us sort of a, a an overview scouting report of Montez Sweat? I mean, I think we've seen him be a consistent pass rusher, but he's never been, you know, the, the, the threshold, you know, the 10 sack guy. But it seems like a guy who's been consistent enough to be maybe maybe more valuable than than just like what his peak might be in those in those years. Yeah, I think I think the thing with Montez, what you have to understand is that you've you I think he's basically reached his ceiling, right? So like I know you're gonna go back and you're gonna now study more Washington games. I know Bears fans all love watching this the commanders game this year, but now you're gonna go back and watch that with different eyes on it, right? Like he's he's a good, solid pass rusher at this stage in his career. And, and you know, never say never a guy meets a different coach or different scheme and, and it sparks growth. And and I certainly hope it for Montez, because Montez Sweat as a human being is a very, uh, very good, humble, you know, human being. But I think he's kind of reached the ceiling of who he's going to be. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But what it means is if he's going to be your Aiden Hutchinson, I think you're going to have some problems. He's going to need a running mate. He's going to need another player opposite of him. I think the most frustrating thing with a guy like Montez Sweat is sometimes you don't see him pull out that counter move, that second move to that end. It's not because he stops trying. It's just kind of because he doesn't always pull out that counter. Montez has always been known as a pressure guy. He gets a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. The question coming into this season is, can he close more consistently and become a double digit sack guy. And on he's on pace to do that this season. And certainly I think he's made some growth in that area this year. So now it's going to be on the Chicago Bears staff to unlock that even more uh, as they look to develop him uh, moving forward. Do you think that's why they didn't choose to pay him? I mean, you talked about earlier, like you can't pay everybody, but they are going to pay somebody. I guess they already paid Deron Payne, and they, but they might pay one more. It might be Jonathan Allen. I guess it, it could potentially be Chase Young, depending on how the rest of the year goes. But like, why? Like, I think Bears fans see it's like, oh, great, good young pass rusher that the Bears got. Well, there's a reason why the commanders chose not to pay him. I, or how much of that is just that he was the one that maybe they could get the most for on the trade market versus the guy that yeah. maybe they didn't want to pay as much as other guys. Yeah, I think it's really just he's the most that you get the best return. You know, he's the one that you get the most return for, you know, and, and honestly, I'll tell you, in the media circle here in D.C., it's kind of split. Like half of us seem to think that Chase Young is legitimately potentially going to be traded. The other half believes there's no way they get rid of both Montez and Chase Young in the same season and then have to come back next year and, and potentially replace uh, both of them. Um, I'm kind of on the side that I think anything is possible. And I do like what James Smith Williams, Casey Tuhill, uh, the backup defensive ends for the Washington Commanders have brought to the field when they've gotten their opportunities. They're not elite by any means either, but I think they're serviceable replacements and, and certainly can play their role uh, that Washington's asked them to play over the years. So I really think that coming into this, basically the commanders were open to both guys talking about both guys. And it was just kind of like, which offer was going to blow them away sooner. And really, you know, just, just kind of taking the temperature around the league. I mean, up, up until about 24 hours before we hit Tuesday. So about Monday morning, really, there have been no solid reports that anybody was really going after Chase Young. The Bears were the the team that were rumored to maybe be the most interested in Chase Young. But obviously, you know, they decided to go with Montez Sweat. And it depends on who you talk to. But most of us around here seem to think you were going to give more for Montez than you would for Chase. So it means the Bears chose to pay more to get what they think is uh, the better player, even if it's from a health and consistency standpoint. Uh, rather than a than a than a than a potential standpoint, but Lauren, my question from the Chicago side. So you already mentioned like Washington, obviously good compensation for a guy like Montez Sweat. 
it's good compensation here. I think most Commanders fans, even if they don't like seeing Montez leave, they agree. Do you think that the Chicago Bears pay too much to get a pass rusher like Montez Sweat? You know, I, I think you always you always want to get the best pass rusher possible. And I think you have that you have that wish, like like you said, like he's not he's maybe not that like elite one A pass rusher, but like a good a good comp, like a good running mate type pass rusher. And you feel like oh, you just want a little bit more, but at the same time, the Bears are a desperate for pass rushers, and b like it is still a second round pick, a high second round pick, yes. But I think the math for Chicago comes down to like you look at the free agent class of of pass rushers. Assuming some guys are going to get re-signed, you're probably not going to get premier pass rushers hitting free agency. And you look in the draft, there's not going to be a pass rusher at the top of the draft where the Bears are picking that they really feel like is going to be the elite guy that you pick in the top three, top five of this draft class. So then it comes down to, would you rather have Montez Sweat or a pass rusher you take with that high second round pick? I mean, obviously you have to pay Sweat. There's a little bit more to the math there than that. But if the goal is we need to find a way to get a good pass rusher and you feel like your only options are that second round or this trade, I feel like you got to take the trade at that point and say, this is better than we could get anywhere else. And maybe it's not ideal, but it's, it seems a lot less risky than the last second round pick they traded for, for a player from another team that didn't work out so well. Montez went a little bit more proven and consistent than a, the chase Claypool. And if anything, like the bar is so low for expectations here that sweat should be able to at least meet, if not exceed those kind of expectations. Yeah. I promise you this Montez sweat's not going to be late to any meetings. Uh, and he's certainly going to give all the effort that you ask from out of out of practice and studying. So that's I can tell you that you're at least getting that you're getting a good locker room guy, a good teammate. Final question I have for you, Lauren. Um, a lot of people were surprised that the Chicago Bears are, are buyers here in this trade deadline. Were you surprised? Yes and no. I mean, so I guess I guess the answer should be no, because it doesn't doesn't feel like quite the same style of buying. Right. I think of buying at the trade deadline is like all right, we got to leverage our future assets to really win now. And like, sure, Montez Sweat does make the Bears better right now. Absolutely. But this trade for Sweat is not about 2023, right? This trade is about 2024, 25, 26, however long the next contract is that you sign Montez Sweat to. Plus you have a head coach who will likely be fired, but at the very least is still trying to save his job and a general manager whose job security is very much up in the air. So they have some incentive to try and bolster the team and do a little bit better this season to get one more year to keep working for this team. So that second round pick won't do, won't do them any good if they're fired before they get a chance to even use it. So might as well use it now to go in on getting a better player. That's not totally mortgaging your future, right? It would be weird if they had traded for a 35 year old pass rusher where it's like, okay, why are they, why are they going all in on trying to win that now? But I think sweat is a young enough player with more of a, a long enough term tail on the end of this, that, it, it is buying, but it's not like it's not the traditional sense of like salvaging your future just to win now. All right. That was Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears talking with me about the trade for Montez. What, of course, Chase Young was eventually traded before the trade deadline. We will talk about that next coming up here on today's episode of Locked on Commanders, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're doing that thanks to our friends over at DoorDash. If the game just went to a timeout, that's time for you to order in. With DoorDash, is it halftime? That's ordering time. The two-minute warning is your cue to get ordering. Whatever or whenever the game clock stops, it's time for you to order in with DoorDash. Why root for the Washington Commanders on an empty stomach? You wouldn't do it at FedEx. You wouldn't do it on the road. Why would you do it at home? Order on DoorDash and save on football watch party favorites. Order chips, dips, nachos, or everything you need to make your own nachos on DoorDash and get it all delivered 
without missing the game. I spent the night in D.C. over the weekend covering Wizards games and Commanders games. Had three games in three days that I had to cover, so I hit up DoorDash. One of my favorite new spots that I recently discovered, chicken and whiskey. Got myself a half chicken, some Caribbean coleslaw, and some donut churros. They were delicious, so if you haven't tried them, I highly recommend that you do. All of your favorite restaurants and stores are there on the app, so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order after downloading the DoorDash app. Enter the code LOCKED23 to get that. Again, don't forget, promo code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listener, your first view today and every day. Football season is here. Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL kickoff live every Friday. Locked On is going to go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. And your host, Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs are going to break down every game on the NFL schedule to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, and your betting angles. Plus, a lot more. Plus, get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL kickoff live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel, including right here at Locked On Commanders. If you are with me live, uh, drop your thoughts, reactions, questions, comments in the live chat, and we will get to those here in just a little bit. But we got to get to the second trade of the day uh, that the Washington Commanders executed, and that, of course, was the trade sending defensive end Chase Young to the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for a third round pick. Now there was some a little bit of confusion, some clarification needed about the trade terms. So Chase Young with his expiring contract goes to the San Francisco 49ers who uh, if you've been keeping up with the 49ers at all, if you're an NFL fan in general or if you're listening to Brian Peacock and Croc over at Locked On 49ers they have had some recent struggles, had some injuries, had some issues. And I think that what they know is that they need to get their defense championship ready because they need to pick up their offense just a little bit. So they're going after a guy like Chase Young, seeing if they can tap into that remaining potential, get him on board with their program and potentially lead them to a championship run. Of course, the interesting part of this, right? The Washington Commanders will host the San Francisco 49ers week 17, New Year's Eve in FedEx field. So we've not seen the last of Chase Young. We will see him. Uh, again very very soon it is not the 87th pick overall however the 87th pick in the third round is the san francisco 49ers organic pick that they own just and, and well it's projected right right now uh that they own but it is the 98th overall pick the 98th overall pick is a compensatory pick but here's where the confusion came in there are some people who believe that a compensatory pick if the 49ers were not be able to retain chase young then the washington commanders would actually have to wait for 2025 for that compensatory pick. That is not the case. You cannot trade picks that have not been awarded yet. What this 98th compensatory pick is, is a special compensatory pick that the San Francisco 49ers were awarded when Rand Carthen got hired to be the general manager of the Tennessee Titans. So this is a compensatory pick for the minority hiring program that the NFL has in place. The Niners were, were able to get that. So they already have been awarded this compensatory pick, which is why they can then trade it. It is the 98th overall pick, according to Tankathon. Now, what people are talking about is if Chase Young 
doesn't re-sign with the 49ers for one reason or another, signs a big contract elsewhere, the 49ers may actually get a third-round comp pick in 2025, in which case they get Chase Young for the rest of this season. Then they get a third-round pick next year, or 2025, so following the next season, and essentially get that pick back just a year later, and that's where the genius of John Lynch comes in. The, the Washington Commanders, on the other hand, get a comp pick. It is somebody else's comp pick. It's going to be before the rest of the comp picks, but after the regular picks, and they get it in 2024, whereas if they let Chase Young walk and sign somewhere else, they wait till 2025. So essentially, they get to accelerate their third-round pick, uh, their compensatory pick, if all of that makes sense. Hopefully, it does. So that is the end state. The end state is the Washington Commanders get number 98 in the 2024 NFL draft for Chase Young, which means Montez Sweat obviously got more or brought more in uh, in compensation for the Washington Commanders and Chase Young did. Why? Well, part of it is because they're not that big, there's not that big of a difference in age, right? Obviously, Montez Sweat has been in the league longer, but there's not a huge age difference there. So that's not such a concern. The other part is production. Montez Sweat's production over his career, he's getting a sack about every 80 or so snaps. Chase Young is getting a sack for every 100 plus snaps uh, in his career, even when he is healthy. And then finally, you have the health concerns. Chase Young coming off of a major injury, two knee surgeries, had the injuries earlier this preseason that cost him a game of the regular season. So you just look at those things all combined, and that's why NFL teams just simply did not want to pay uh, for Chase Young as much as they were willing to pay for a guy like Montez Sweat. Something that we talked about in our trade deadline preview episode, this defense has got to find teeth. We know the defense has talent. This defense has got to find teeth, and right now they're going to turn to Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams, and they're going to try to see do either of those guys have teeth. Andre Jones is going to be a guy. K.J. Henry is going to be a guy that hasn't gotten a lot of burn up to now. He's going to get some more burn. Uh, coming up here very, very soon. And they're going to see, do any of these guys have some teeth? And honestly, when you look at the statistics here, we note Montez Sweat, six and a half sacks so far this season. Chase Young, five sacks this season. Both these guys have been doing really well, especially when you compare to what they've done in the rest of their careers, even when healthy for Chase Young. But Casey Tuhill, guys, I don't know if people understand, he's got four sacks right now. He's only one sack behind Chase Young, two and a half behind Montez Sweat. But Casey Tuhill has played 20% of the defensive snaps. Now, I'm not saying the Washington Commanders are looking at Casey Tuhill and saying, oh, he's better than either of these guys. But what I think they're saying is they understand that they want to move forward. They need to reset a little bit. They don't want to keep pouring money into already invested draft picks. They want to kind of reset the market, reset the money, and offer themselves some flexibility. And they have two capable guys here. There's not a group across the roster. If you trade your two starters from any other position group, on this roster, their backups are not nearly as good or as capable as the ones here. Now, we'll see how that turns into wins or if it turns into wins for the Washington Commanders moving forward. But I think that is part of the inspiration of why these two players were moved versus, say, Jonathan Allen, say, Cam Curl, all those things. Because when you look behind those types of players, you don't have near the, uh, the amount of talent and the amount of ability and investment that you do from the defensive end group. Let's hit the live chat real quick. I know a lot of people already saying that they're kind of missing – uh, these guys, Sweezy, talking about Hardy missing them. Sergio saying that two of his favorite players uh, are already out of here. Mint Diggity said, brutal. Uh, new day in Washington. We're going to talk about what that new day means here uh, in just a little bit. And how do I think James Smith-Williams and Case Tuhill are going to handle things? I think both of these players are very capable, talented defensive ends. I think the key with James Smith-Williams and with Casey Tuhill is that – they're guys who go out there and they do their job. And we've talked, we've heard this talked about not just this season, but for years past, right? Jack Del Rio's talked about guys playing off script, freelancing, doing their own thing. And they never, they all kind of kind of stopped short of calling out people specifically. But if you go back a couple of years, 
the, the comments were kind of coming out and a lot of us were associating them with Chase Young. And I think that when Chase got injured, you saw Jason, James Smith-Williams come in primarily. Case Tuhill got some rotational work when Montez was out uh, here and there. He, you saw Case Tuhill get in. And I think the best thing both those guys do is they both have high motors. They never stop on a play and they do what they're assigned to do. If they're designed to set the edge, they set the edge. If it's your job to collapse inside, they collapse inside. They don't ever go outside their script, outside the boundaries, trying to do more than they should. That's where their skill set is going to come in the most, and we'll see how Jack Del Rio can turn that into production. We've got some other comments here. Uh, I see I see one that's already kind of making me laugh a little bit that we will get to here in just a moment on Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're going to do that thanks to our friends over at FanDuel Score early this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, you're getting $150 in bonus bets by with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. The Washington Commanders are three-point underdogs uh, going on the road against the New, Eng- new England Patriots. So if you think this new-look Commanders, if you think this addition by subtraction, maybe the defense gets sparked a little bit by the, the losses of Montez Wenton Chase Young, if you think they can pull off the upset against the New England Patriots, you put a $5 money line bet on them to win. If they win and you're a new customer, you get $150 in bonus bets on top of that $6.30 win you just notched for yourself. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to do it right now and get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and, of course, money lines. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get your NFL season winning. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. All right, wrapping up this episode of Locked On Commanders post-NFL trade deadline episode. Montez Sweat, Chase Young, no longer on the roster. Chase Young heading to the San Francisco 49ers. Montez Sweat headed to the Chicago Bears. Let's hit the live chat a little bit again. William says it really kind of depends on what Washington does in the draft next year, and and absolutely. I mean, uh, any type of draft haul, whether you consider it great or you consider it not so much, uh, what what is important is what you do with those picks. and. You know, it, it's going to change a lot between now and next April, obviously. But if you're looking at it right now, I would like to see that that first round pick put on the offensive line. And I would say probably a second round pick, a third round pick put on the defensive line and then probably another third round pick uh, uh, on the offensive line as well. Let's go heavy on the offensive line. You got a second round pick there to get a receiver, a running back. We'll, we'll see linebacker. Right. We'll see what the need is when the time comes. That's just kind of off the top of my head. Um, let's see, Todd Sullivan. This was a pretty funny one. How much can we get for Ron? Um, you know what? You actually can't trade for coaches. I just don't think anybody's going to trade for Ron Rivera uh, at this point in time. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. So stockpiling draft picks for the future. I think that's really what this, uh, is, is exactly. And then you want to see what you guys have in these players. And, and I think James Smith Williams, um, I think James Williams and Casey Tuhill, what both of these guys are, are potential, right? And, and you have to remember, both of those guys also have expiring contracts. And yes, the Washington Commanders have eighty to you know eighty plus million dollars in cap space, uh, uh, you know, expected to be for for last for next year's offseason. But that doesn't mean they want to spend all eighty million of it, right? And they don't especially don't want to spend a quarter of that money on just two guys. They want to go ahead and see if they can spread it. I do think that this this actually helps the potential and the likelihood of Cam Curl. Uh, getting extended, maybe not during the season, but at least getting re-signed uh, in the offseason. So I really do think that that helps that. And you might see this team go the route of sign a defensive end, draft a couple of defensive ends as well, mix them in there with KJ Henry, you know, Casey Tuhill, these guys. Um, but we'll see what these guys 
have, not, have yet to prove that that's basically the bottom line on this is an opportunity for Casey Tuhill and James Smith Williams to show the Washington commanders ownership, this team's leadership while they're here. And if they're not here at the end of the season, the new team leadership, put it on tape, show them why you need to be a part of the future and a part of the solution. Luca Hollick's podcast talks about this. Uh, asks, do I think that Ron is going to be here at the end of the week? Yes, I do think that Ron Rivera and his staff will be here at the end of the week. I don't think this is indicative of a, an impending firing. I think what's going to happen now is uh, there's there's been a challenge levied, right? There's been a challenge and there's been a notice put out that if you're not viewed as part of the solution to what's plaguing this franchise, you will be removed and you will be moved, removed, fired, released, traded, whatever it is. And so it's up to you and that's coaches and players to show the franchise that you are a part of the solution for this team. There are, there's, there's nine games left to play. Uh, if my math is working right now, that's a lot of time for all of these players and even the coaches, to be quite honest with you, to prove that they can be a part of that solution. So no, I do not think that Ron Rivera and his staff are getting fired uh, by the end of this week. So to recap what all of this really means, the commanders are now projected to have the number 11, 37, 42, 73rd, and 98th picks in the 2024 NFL draft. Again, that third-round pick from the 49ers is a special compensatory pick awarded to them for having a minority candidate hired above the position he was serving with the 49ers when he got hired as the Titans GM. So that is why it is the 98th pick. So, yes, the 98th pick is essentially a fourth-round pick. It's right at the end of the third round. But a second-round pick, unless the Bears go on a run. So, Commanders fans, you are now not a Bears fan. Whoever the Bears are playing, you are a fan of that team. Uh, that 37th overall pick is essentially a first-round pick, but obviously you don't get uh, the fifth-year option. But look, if there's talent enough and the commanders want to get it, whether it's this staff or another staff, you take that 37th pick, you take that 98th pick, you package them, and maybe you move up to the 32nd pick with you know whoever won the Super Bowl, uh, and you get that fifth-year option. Another guy get the 11th, the 32nd, and then you still have the 42nd and the 73rd uh, potentially sitting there. What this looked like in last year's NFL draft, if you want to draw parallels, Last year's NFL draft, the 11th, 37th, 42nd, 73rd, and 98th picks would have gotten you Peter Skaronsky, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern, Auburn edge, Derek Hall, uh, Luke Musgrave, the tight end out of Oregon State, Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of Tennessee, who's with the Giants now, and you probably remember him, uh, and defensive tackle Siaki Ika. Those are pretty good players, and, and you know that's not to say that's who the commanders would have drafted, obviously, but it just kind of shows you the caliber of players that are going to likely be available uh, at the time of these picks. Something interesting, Diana Rossini reported that commander's ownership had a strong hand in getting Chase Young and Montez Sweat dealt. And that was something that we tried to ask Ron Rivera about yesterday. He did not want to talk about it, which we get um, of how much the ownership was kind of dictating this stuff versus how much was the coaching staff. And look, I think that this is essentially the ownership saying, look, this isn't good enough. Three and five is not good enough. And if three and five is not good enough, we're going to take action while we can. You know what I mean? Like if the trade deadline was in November, Perhaps Josh Harris would have let this coaching staff have until November to figure this thing out. But the trade deadline is when it is. So for Josh Harris and Magic Johnson and Mitchell Rails and all those guys, and I can tell you, like, I know it hasn't been publicized as much, but these guys are around. These owner, This ownership group is around on an almost daily basis or at every game. They're at practices regularly. They are tuned in and they are watching and they are observing. Uh, they are, they're, they're elbow deep in this team, guys. I can tell you that right now. They basically said, look, time is the time is now. We're going to make some moves here and the moves we're going to make. I can speculate about all the reasons why they want to make those moves, but the bottom line is they decided Chase Young, Montez Sweat, they're not going to be a part of our future moving forward, so let's go ahead and get what we can for them now and not only get what we can for them now, but get it a year ahead of what we would get it for if we just let them 
walk away. Um, Robbie says that someone uh, said that they can't remember who said it to uh, to them, but if Ron is fired, it will be after the Week 13 game to take advantage of the bye. Yeah, that's that's part of it. The Week 13 uh, bye week is, is big. Um, really, December football eliminated from the playoffs. Like that's really kind of the 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 realm where if if somebody's going to be fired, that's probably when it's going to be going to be because that's when you're going to start uh, seeing. Uh, coaching candidates start to kind of come out from the uh, the the works there. Mike Vandenberg saying the 2024 draft is going to be fun. It is. You know what I mean? I'm hoping the rest of this season is fun too, but 2024 draft preparation is really going to be uh, a lot of fun. So thank you everybody for joining me here on this live episode. If you're not joining me live, I appreciate you coming through post live as always coming up tomorrow. Um, look, today's supposed to be AAR time. I'm supposed to have a mailbag. I'm going to try to combine the two, do a little bit of AAR, do a little bit of mailbag. We will get through the week as best we can. Obviously, we're going to sit down with Ron Rivera, so a lot more conversation about Montez and Chase is going to come. I've also got a scheduled to sit down with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers. So like you just saw with Lauren and I, we will come back and we will talk about these trades as well. This trade situation is going to dominate a lot of what we talk about, guys, but I will get as much content into you as I possibly can. In the meantime, you got questions or comments, throw them into the YouTube comment section, hit me on Twitter or text them directly to me by becoming a lock insider at jointsubtext.com slash locked on commanders. Again, Fran, I got you. We are working on a solution as always. Thank you so much for making locked on commanders your first listen or your first view today and every day until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of locked on commanders, part of locked on podcast network, your team every day. 